This is the Atlanta Season 4 Episode 5 Review. Work ethic. We're halfway through the season. I don't even know how, but time. And Van's got a job. And guess who's in the backseat? Lottie Dottie. We haven't seen her since... Yeah. <laughs> They're on an early commute to Chocolate Studios. Brought you such films as... Nobody can tell me what to do. Broken home, unmoved, and one small family. It looks like Van got herself a gig at Chocolate Studios and brought Lottie along with her on set. If you couldn't tell by the subs thus far, like within the first three seconds of the show, this is perioding Tyler Perry and his studios. They get to the gate and a thorough bag search is done by security. I feel like the security guard threw a tracker in Lottie's backpack at this point because he was he was doing the most. That or he was looking for the Capri Sun and fruit snacks she didn't have. They do pay some homage in this episode, specifically to Tommy Lister, also known as Debo, John Witherspoon, of course, known as Pops, and Mario Van Peebles. All have stages named after them. This is also true since Tyler Perry Studios have several sound stages named after key figures within film and media. So once they head into the lobby area, dude in the lobby with locks is trying to get rid of whatever evidence he was. <laughs> Tries to talk to Van and she tells him her name is Denise. Only to get called to set by the PA not even 10 seconds later. It was perfect. Bad timing, but I mean, hey. I mean, she don't want to talk. She don't have to talk. So there's that. I didn't catch all the movie posters in the hallway, but I can't wait to go back and see what I can catch, especially when it comes to this specific genre. Not just black cinema, but movies of the stereotypical struggle kind. The bubble, if you will. I'm not saying everything has to be buttoned up, polished, and forever educational. But I'll leave you with this. We are not a monolith. Keep creating diverse content. Van connects with Phaedra, a makeup artist, as she gets ready for her scene. More shade is thrown at the wigs that we are all thoroughly familiar with in Perry's films. They're just so bad and stiff and not late. Like... There's so much wrong, and it's just hilarious because being located in a hair mecca, you would think, one would think, it just doesn't make sense. Shamik, a light-skinned brother with braids, pulls up, and unlike Lobby Trunk Man, Van is receptive. I feel like this is our first taste of colorism in an episode, another stereotypical trope, of course, that is laden in his films. She didn't necessarily choose him yet, so I won't give her too much smoke, but her name was Vanessa this time. I'm just saying. Van is out here acting, and Lottie is watching her on set for her scene until it was cut by an ominous voice, Mr. Chocolate, via an old ratty PA system. Like, I know we're in the future, but not too far in the future, but really. Like, that old school aspect just made it even more creepy and kind of weird. Lottie gets thrown into the scene because she told an actor who was aggressively telling his wife 
that she could not have friends to shut up. Rightfully so. But to everyone's confusion, (laughs) they were going to edit Lottie in in post, even though she hadn't been seen prior in the series. Shout out to those in production. If you know, you know. He did need to shut up because that script was terrible. Now we begin to see a shift in Van's anxiety, literally rising as the shenanigans begin to go down. The trajectory of Lottie's career is through the roof at this point, and she has a right to be concerned, of course. They head to wardrobe because Lottie was offered another role. While speaking with the wardrobe stylist, they chop it up about chocolate productions. We get to religion because why not? The stylist questions Van if she's Christian, and our favorite answer of this era. No, I'm spiritual. The stylist likens the child acting experience at Chocolate Studios and how much of a great opportunity it is. All that to say that a person who is not open to the joy of a child is not open to true happiness. This further pushes the notion of Mr. Chocolate's godliness, or I should say perceived godliness. Lottie is busy playing dress up in her own world being enamored in the glamour. You know, having fun, being a kid. Van uses this moment to give Lottie a safe sign if she doesn't want to go any further and wants to go home. No questions asked. So on the next set, naturally, Lottie continues to shine and is doing a great job. A fellow stage mom on set lets Van know they need to stick together. In another awkward moment of tension addressing colorism, The daughter of the mom was dark-skinned and Lottie is clearly lighter. I wouldn't consider Lottie light-skinned, but she's obviously, you see the difference. And that's what the mom was referring to as, we need to stick together. You know, she's probably having a whole series done up about her because her daughter didn't have the look. So maybe her daughter could play her sidekick that was good at computers and technology. Which is wild, because if you think of how many kids' shows, or adolescent shows, I'll say, especially now, because cartoons suck. Y'all don't have nothing. But (laughs) even the kids' sitcoms aren't kind of trash. Just following along with that trope, and you have the goofy sidekick that really, you know, possibly cannot shine the main character, but for whatever reason, they play a trusty sidekick. Shamik pops back up with some more shot shooting with Van. He's fresh out of jail, and he is a maintenance man at Chocolate Studios by day and a crypto miner by night. He gives Van his card as they make their way to the next set Lottie is going to be featured on. We get a glimpse of another set with President Lincoln crying in his bedroom and a slave getting him together. Peak parody. This scene reminded me of Insecure, specifically the Due North show within a show that all the characters are watching. I hate slavery. Van grows more concerned when Lottie is being taken from stage to stage without her knowledge. For 14 different scenes now, because she's just doing that well, that he's just going to continue using her throughout every production that he has going on with the same wardrobe. (laughs) She asks for help, but everyone has the same composure and honestly is doing their own thing while being busy with multiple projects of their own. And kind of passing the buck back to Mr. Chocolate because he sees all, he knows all, he knows what's going on. But does he? 
The second PA who was helping her find Lottie says not to worry about it because she is on her way to grab a BET award. This poses an interesting discussion among the group on awards and accolades and institutionalized racism that's still baked into them. BET awards are often looked at as second rate, not as good as, you know, Emmys and Grammys and other accolades that are upheld within society that the talent actually shows up for. I'm gonna leave it at that because, yeah, (laughs) the politics within award shows is very interesting. Van finally catches up with Lottie, only to walk in on a not-so-subtle dig at her parenting as Lottie delivers another breakthrough performance. Only for Van to lose track of Lottie again. She asks a security guard, but he is also an intern, so everybody on set has like five jobs. Van is over this experience and heads to Mr. Chocolate's office that is being protected by faux armed guards, the theatrics of it all. Unfortunately, the stylist wasn't in on this and shoots one of the guards in the foot to get Van into the building. We get a semi-portal here. I honestly don't want to count this as a portal, but it's the path that Van has to take and make her way up the ladder to get up to Mr. Chocolate's office as he is horribly paying the piano. This set reminded me of the D'Angelo experience when he was preparing the peanut butter chicken crack sandwich, but maybe I'm tripping. Mr. Chocolate confirms that Chocolate Land runs itself, and even he isn't privy to what's going on. He's immune to hot grits, so you gotta listen to him. Mr. Chocolate gives her a filmed rundown of how she is indeed a Kirkwood chocolate woman after all. (laughs) Filled with all of the stereotypes, Van is a single mom who cannot feed her child, who meets a man fresh out of jail trying to turn his life around, and it goes on as he shows her the footage. Donald Glover gives us another solid performance in full prosthetic makeup and costume. He's just too good at this at this point. I'm going to link the tweet that this episode is based on in the description. His Tyler Perry impression is definitely on point. As the scene went on, if you didn't know it was Donald under there, it became clear at some moments, but he did really well staying on point. Van finally wakes up and refuses to be exploited for the sake of content. Lottie does another kid thing and throws a tantrum when she is told she can't do any more movies. And this kind of brings Lottie back to reality, you know, her actually being a child and just exploring options at this point. And not necessarily falling for the glamour, but almost being taken advantage of by the industry. They head home and Van gives her some more gems, letting her know to act on her own terms when she is comfortable. And to be mindful that Van cannot always protect her, but she will be there when she can. It's a relief she didn't let Lottie get taken advantage of for the promise of opportunity. But what is opportunity if it isn't respected? Not necessarily renowned, but at base level. How is opportunity going to affect your life in the end? Or your career in this instance? And the closure we were all waiting for. Van finally reads Shamik's card and rolls her eyes at the missed opportunity to hook up in the boiler room. They end the night with the ultimate comfort of mac and cheese, because what else would make your day better? This was a 
This was another great Van-centered episode, especially with the inclusion of Lottie and seeing how she's grown. Also placing a lens on the film industry. Hopefully, um, (laughs) Mr. Perry doesn't get too offended like he did with the boondocks, but we shall see. Engage with us. Tap into the Spotify app and check out the poll and Q&A sections. You can also leave your thoughts on IG, Twitter, YouTube, or verbalvibemode.com. Or feel free to leave a voicemail using the Anchor app. All important links are in the description box. Be sure to let us know if you would like a grid. See you next week.